it kind of hit home that this is way cooler. Like these guys succeeding than like me competing. I absolutely love like watching the smile on the faces when they hit PBs or the place and you know in comps or you know the winning qualifiers etc. So for me it was like this is what I'm about now and. What's up guys, it's Tom from Chalking Fitness. Really hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you're not already following Chalking Fitness on Instagram, please do. Uh, it's at Chalking Fitness, where there's not only promotion for the podcast episodes, but also news and reviews that are of real interest to the UK-centric CrossFit and functional fitness community. Hope you enjoy this episode. If you want to support the channel further, then do check out the link in the show notes. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Chalking Fitness Podcast. What I love about the podcast is speaking to people from across the community, whether they be small business owners, event organizers, athletes, or box owners. And to the, this week, I'm delighted to welcome owner of CrossFit Isle of Man, uh, Dan Bonnet. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having me on. I mentioned that you're uh, you know, owner of uh, CrossFit Isle of Man, um, or should I say co-owner, I guess, with, with your wife, Erin, right? And before we get before we get into that, um, I do like to get to know kind of my guests uh, a bit more. So I've got a few warm up questions for you, and then we kind of can get into it. So I've kind of settled on a couple of typical warm up questions. And the first one I wanted to ask was, um, if you're able to design your own birthday workout, what are the three movements you're going to choose? Uh, probably something involving a bike, probably power cleans, and maybe burpees. Nice, nice. Are, are you someone that can recover with burpees? I keep hearing people say that, that you know, people can recover when doing burpees. <laughs> yeah, not too bad. I'm relatively heavy, uh, but yeah, I'm not burpees. I'm not too bad at for a relatively heavy person. And with respect to the power cleans, are, we, are, are you a fan of like, you know, cycling a heavy barbell or, or are you wanting kind of like, you know, real heavy singles there? uh either really i quite like both so yeah uh, yeah either I'm, I'm happy with either cool so we've got we've got the workout then the the compliment complimentary one to that is is the music right so recognizing you you coach as well as train i mean is it the same music do you get to pick the music when you're coaching is is there a difference between what you train to to what you have maybe on in the class yes and no so we we, we have a joke with, with all the members about like whose playlist they like the best because it's all we're all very different so all the coaches like different stuff um so i will to be honest it depends on the workout if we're programming if i'm coaching and, and it's a sustainable work and it's aerobic stuff i'll probably play something a little bit slower um it just stops people getting a bit excited and, and spiking <laughs> that heart rate. Whereas if it's something like, you know, um, we're going for some sort of anaerobic work on the bike, you know, bike sprints or whatever, then I'll probably tempo it up to some sort of um, heavy trance or a bit more fast paced. Yeah. Something, something that dictates the stimulus, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mixes it up a little bit. Awesome. So there's uh, just a uh, just a couple of warm up questions, and then like like I said, kind of let's let's dig into it. So, CrossFit, owner of CrossFit Isle of Man. Now, if I'm right, you opened that in is it 2012? You opened that? Uh, yes. Yeah. So actually, it'll be ten years. Yeah. 
Wow. Wow. So, you know, it's, it's been as, as far as like UK and, and kind of, I guess, UK Island, like those kind of boxes, boxes go, that's, that's a, that's a fair age for boxes. But what about for you yourself? Like, did you get into CrossFit on the Island or did you find it somewhere else? So I met uh, Aaron at uni and I was sort of uh, finishing as she was sort of starting kind of thing. And um, I, sort of went from uni into being a full-time firefighter um, in Manchester. And as Erin was then finishing up her uh, first degree, she went on to Huddersfield to do a post-grad. So we moved there um, and I was just kind of commuting in uh, to Manchester. This was 2009. Mm -hmm. um, and then I started CrossFit um, at CrossFit 3D, mm -hmm. uh, the old 3D. Um, just down by the Trafford Centre. It was a, a small space, maybe 1,500 square foot. Um, so, yeah, I got sort of going with CrossFit there. Um, very, very lucky. It was obviously Carl Stedman's gym. Um, so, you know, I had the pleasure of sort of being under his wing for um, a bit of time um, before... Erin finished a degree and kind of missed the island. I wanted to move back to the island, man. Um, which, you know, I was sort of uh, happy to do, really. Um, and then it, the obviously next question was, well, what are we going to do? So, <laughs> um, you know, we had a think. And I'd been involved with fitness and training pretty much since the age of 16. I've, it's always been a massive part of my life. So, you know, the logical step was, well... We'll take everything we've sort of learned over the years and um, I've never come across anything like this CrossFit, you know, what I've been doing for a while. And um, yeah, like let's, uh, let's go for it and open a gym. Yeah. And that's what we did. We were the first one on the island to open. So yeah. No, that's amazing. And, and I mean, one, one of the things I've been like, you know, doing a little, little, little bit of homework before the, the podcast, right? And uh, I definitely kind of noted down, I was like, definitely one of the CrossFit old guard, right? Of kind of, and so to say, being a, you know, CrossFit 3D training with, with, with Carl, you know, that's definitely kind of some of the early adopters within, within the UK kind of uh, within CrossFit. That must be pretty cool. I guess the question, you, you know, you're a firefighter in the Manchester area and 2009, that would have been similar time to, to Sam Briggs being in the, in the fire fire service yeah, so did, she was she was at leeds i think she, she uh, okay leeds yeah 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 so i, I couldn't remember which site because i know she'd moved across the pennines at times but yeah definitely back then the uh the community was a lot smaller um you know and 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 things like that like it was so different now you know i remember we used to go you know go over to crossfit leeds for like on a saturday we'd all drive up and it'd be like a team event like it'd be a team competition you know 3d versus mm -hmm. CrossFit leads, etc., and you know it'd be like go and do some mad events, and everyone would just be getting absolutely tanked between events. So <laughs> getting the day down, you know, you'd go out for a massive meal afterwards, and in the evening, and you know, it was such such a good vibe. Obviously, things are very different now. You don't really see, I don't think, too much of that anymore. CrossFit's mm. become a lot more serious. Yeah. Not saying it's a bad thing, but I do think some of the fun elements lost. You know, everyone's on a diet plan now, and. You know, everyone's, you know, they don't want to have a drink because, you know, they've they've got whatever competitions coming up. And so, so, you know, CrossFit's definitely become a lot more serious over the past mm. four or five years. People are taking it a lot more serious. 
with that, I feel like some of the fun elements sort of been lost along the way. Mm. It definitely does have... I think there's a risk that it can become quite relentless on and off the competition floor. Now, some would argue that, well, we've not had a competition floor for the last 18 months, but the intent's still there, right? You know, and you're training, but then there's all the recovery and everything alongside it. And I know for myself, while competition's never been the focus, there's always, you, I've gone through that phase of being like, I need to be doing more. If I've trained four times, why have I not trained five times? If, I, you know, if my diet's not on track, why is it not on track? And yeah, it can definitely become a bit all encompassing, which uh, perhaps does, uh, does kind of, can, can cause you to stop having as much fun, even if it, even if it, that might be good to some degree, there's finding the, ba- the, the balance point, I think. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's a uh, like I said, it's 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 a good thing, but it's also sad because I think a lot of people coming into CrossFit now, um, you know, or you know, over the sort of past three or four years, um, you know, I, I do think like because it's different, the there is that little bit of an element missing from what it used to be back in the shits and giggles, and you know just fumbling your way through I remember like talking to Ollie Mansbridge about kind of opening CrossFit Bath you know back then you're just following CrossFit.com just trying to work out right finding some scaffolding poles to build a rig you know it wasn't like you just call up kind of one of a number of gym outfitters and be like we'll have that set up please and it turns up on a pallet a few weeks later right it was a bit bit different so yeah I, I mean in, in terms of setting up on the Isle of Man back in 2012, like I, I did some kind of fact finding first. I was like, right, the UK has got about 500 affiliates now, but there are multiple cities with over half a million like inhabitants. Whereas the Isle of Man, you know, looking at some Wikipedia, right? 80,000 people and then 30,000 live in Douglas. So it's, that, I mean, I live in a small like Didcot, right? In Oxfordshire and that's about 40,000. And, and, and so, I was going to be like, what's, you know, is, how's that work setting up a gym? But I guess back in 2012, it was, it was different. The, the fitness industry as a whole was different then. So was there any, was there any thought about that back then? Uh, yeah. Like we did our due diligence, uh, obviously, um, you know, me and Aaron are both pretty switched on and it wasn't a case of, you know, um, we've got this fantasy idea of, yeah, let's open a gym and, you know, and let's, uh, and everything's going to be wonderful. You know, we spent probably the better part of a year researching. So we looked at all the demographics of the island, etc. We knew it was going to be an uphill sled push. Um, you know, we knew it was going to be tough because of the demographic. Um, but at the same time, we were coming in with a niche um, that wasn't, really being done on the island. We also had sort of, sort of, I'd say a little bit of an advantage with respect of, you know, I, I'm coming in from a strength and conditioning background, you know, from before CrossFit. Erin's a physiotherapist. Um, we'd spent, you know, quite a bit of time in the UK before. Um, like I said, I was lucky enough to sort of be under Carl Stedman for a little while and see how, you know, he did things and, uh, you know, had a lot of conversations with him, you know, at the time, um, told him sort of what we was thinking of doing. Um, so when we did come over, it was kind of like we'd already got great connections in the UK. Um, plus, we'd already sort of, 
you know, when we break down CrossFit, you know, what really is CrossFit? And it is essentially it's a strength and conditioning program for your general population. Um, and I think with mine and Aaron's background, it was just, um, you know, most people on the island, man, it's your level three gym instructor. We were coming from a very different angle of, with fitness and, uh, you know, a lot of energy, etc. And yeah, it just kind of it took off from there, really. And don't get me wrong, it was fucking hard work. The first three or four years, I was sleeping at the gym three or four nights a week because by the time we'd finished, you know, you used to wipe your boards at the end of the day. It wasn't all on screens back then. And, uh, you know, write the work up, out up for the next day and clean up. And, you know, it, before you knew it, it was sort of half nine at night. And by the time you'd, you know, 20 minute drive home, showered, had food, etc. You're not getting to bed till 11. You got to be up at half four or five the next day. Mm. There was no point, you know, it was, fuck it, I'll just stay at the gym, sleep on the physio bed and uh, or one of the gym mats and, uh, you know, you get, get that extra hour of sleep, which, you know, when you're in that position, that extra hour is like a godsend. Um, and, yeah, it, was, uh, it wasn't easy, like, from day one, but we promised ourselves, like, if we're going to do this, this is this is going to be a business. It's not a hobby gym. We recognised very early that a lot of the gyms in the UK at the time appeared as hobby gyms, and it's people who really like CrossFit and training and wanted to compete, and they opened a gym to create a lifestyle for themselves to allow themselves to train, you know, a lot and um, and and live that sort of lifestyle where we sort of saw a trend through research that these gyms weren't doing particularly well financially, um, you know, which, which might not have been the case for the people who own these gyms, but for us, this was a full-time gig and it had to do well. Mm-hmm. So we had to take a different approach and we, we had to make it a, a viable business. Um, so yeah, from, from day one, we, we had to be switched on, you know, from day one, we, took on full-time staff, contracted, um, salaried, yearly salary, which is obviously a scary thing when you start a new business because it's more outgoings and you're not taking as much in. Um, but like long-term, it's certainly like paid off massively for us. Um, you know, we we created with the Isleman government scheme a, a apprenticeship scheme. So... Basically, it was, we approached them and asked them, are there qualifications? We, we've got full-time staff. Are there qualifications within the industry we could put them through? They said they did the level two gym instructor, but we kind of wanted a little bit more. But the man was like, well, is it you sort of got in mind? They had the hairdressing, the beauty, the leisure, building and construction and all that. Um, so I kind of explained to them and they just said, put together something and present it to us and we'll go from there. So I built sort of an NVQ portfolio style um, workbook that would take three years to go through, um, present it to them, went through, you know, what it would entail. And um, within that framework, there was going off island, you know, to do stuff like the level, CrossFit level one, level two. Mm. Uh, the gym instructor, the PT stuff, various other sort of um, 
S&C based certs um, and they loved it and sort of jumped on board with it straight away and said, well, we'll make this into like a, um, a H&D for um, uh, strength and fitness coaching, uh, which was great. You know, it's a worldwide re- recognised qualification that they were offering to back, um, which was great for us. Uh, they helped financially with wages as well. So the Isle of Man government such a good government for especially for sort of starting businesses. They basically paid three quarters of the salary for the first year, half for the second and a quarter for the third. Then once they were qualified, obviously then it's fully on, on, on us. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, it, it was great. It made it a viable option for us. Um, it wasn't as much for like, shit, we're, we're starting a new business and we're taking full-time staff on because we didn't want to pay them crap either. Um, and it's important that the coaches know that this is, you know, a career and it's a pathway for them. And it's not just a, just, you know, a job for now kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, um, it was great. We got someone in straight away. Um, he was from New Zealand and he finished his apprenticeship and um, he had two kids with his wife and I think it was just a bit of a struggle because there was no one else on Ireland. So they moved back to New Zealand um, and with the qualification he got from us, he got the job as head of a PE department at a school and then oh, went right. on to open his own CrossFit gym, uh, which is obviously really good. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, since then we've had three other people who are still with us um, who've gone through the um, the process kind of thing, yeah, and uh, they're still with us, you know, today. Yeah, uh, it really sounds like, like you say, kind of you put a lot of hard work in at the beginning, both in terms of planning, but sleeping at sleeping at the facility, like. Um, but it's beginning with the end in mind, right? This has got to be a sustainable business, but it's also got to have the opportunity to to grow and that working within the environment on the Isle of Man was 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 perfect to be able to with a lot of hard work make, make that happen what's the um what's the kind of like you know crossfit prides itself on the community right and i always imagine like maybe somewhere like the isle of man i think from people that i know that have lived on the island it's got you know small island feel people know each other does it then amplify within the box community yeah so we've got like a solid solid community especially um as we have sort of different gyms um it's good um you know, camaraderie and stuff like that. You know, we, everyone works off of one box mate. So we have sort of, we, we use box mate, but we keep everyone on, even the franchise um, gyms we have on the same box mate because it's good for everyone to be part of the same sort of thing. Yeah, you know, it's, we do host quite a lot of seminars, lectures. Um, we have a lot of fun stuff like, you know, we've got a golf day coming up in-house competitions and to be honest we were so lucky I mean the, the demographic's very small but we're so lucky with the members we've got like we literally like the members are so good we don't have those like nightmare members you know the pain in the ass members we've just sort of struck it lucky I suppose mm. Yeah. So, so you mentioned there you've got different facilities and, uh, you know, you've opened the first, you're coming up on 10 years since opening the first. So has additional facilities been something that's always been in plan and happened gradually? No, I don't know where it kind of come from. So obviously it was the initial gym and uh, that was like a two and a half thousand square foot um, space. And then 
we got pretty busy and realized very quickly, right, we need more space. This was maybe six years in, five, six years in. Then the timing was just perfect, I suppose. The unit next door become available. So we just took that and basically knocked through, uh, effectively doubling the space. Um, so that was kind of part one. And then that started to get um, busy. Um, and then we, uh, I, I partnered up with a friend of mine on another project and we opened an OPEX gym in a different town, in a different village. Um, yeah, he had to move over uh, to Barcelona. And at that point for me, it was like, I, I don't really want to run it as a, an OPEX gym. Like as much as there's place for the one-to-one program inside of things, like CrossFit's my bread and butter and, mm. you know, it's the group stuff I really love and enjoy. So we basically just, um, took over that and then converted that into our second gym. And then that sort of started filling up um, pretty quick. And then COVID hit, which was shit, but we get by. Um, we sort of changed everything we did. So we put we spent about a week putting a plan together for, for stuff like, you know, what we're going to do here. We put kit packs together for all the members. People come in, collected the kit packs, and we basically just ran online programming, home programming for the whole of COVID. I think we actually picked up members along the way. We didn't lose anyone. We actually picked people up along the way. Me and Aaron were just filming sort of the workouts the night before in the garage and uh, posting them on the page, you know, with the explanations, coaching cues, etc. Um, and it was a pretty big hit. We did testers at the beginning, testers at the end. Everyone got stronger somehow. We, we were just a 12-kilo kettlebell. Um, everyone got fitter. Um, and it was it was a good time, to be honest. It, it was a really good time. So we opened back up and then, yeah, the, that filled back up again. We'd had one uh, kid by then and, you know, it was I was finding sort of I was working a lot and, um, you know, this has always been about balance for us. And we'd put in sort of eight years and it was like, fuck, I've worked these eight years. We've, this has been a fucking grind. It's been so much fun, but it's a grind. And we wanted to expand CrossFit more because we were getting full. People were loving it. We're getting results from people. Um, we've built this community. Everyone's having a great time and, and getting fitter. Um you know, some people to the point where we're actually putting together uh, competitive, you know, teams and we're pulling out good level athletes. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I want this to be more, but if I'm opening any more gyms, like, because <laughs> it's hard work. So then the franchise model started rearing its head. So uh, a good friend of mine, Jack Fleckney, he owned, oh, did own Shire Fit. Um, he's still a, a majority owner of Shire Fit, but I'd spent a lot of time with Jack sort of uh, back in the day. I coached him for a little while and, yeah, you know, we, we were good friends and uh, I quite liked what he was doing with sort of opening more gyms, but I think you could see it was a lot of work. So I thought, well, 
I quite like the idea of franchising something out. What we do works. We've put you know nearly 10 years into this mm. and we've made a lot of mistakes along the way, but we've learned from them. We can sort of offer a lot to someone to fast track this process and to get them busy and create an opportunity for someone to own their own business. We can grow CrossFit at the same time. So I sort of, the Isle of Man being such a small place, staffing is the hardest thing over here. Finding the right staff is so, so, so important because they're the face of your business. Um, And yeah, it's it's a real challenge. Um, And then I'd been keeping my eye on these two brothers. I absolutely love the vibe. I'd kept my eye on them for a little while. really love their energy um i thought you know we can really help these guys and um potentially you know we can we can work well together on something um and i just approached them and had a chat and just said you know what do you think about owning your own gym they were like it'd be a dream and i said well i can make it happen you know let's do it and they were like okay let's go and then three months later they're full with 80 odd members and you know after three months and they're living the dream and they're having a great time and all their members are absolutely loving it they've come into our community you know they get involved with with things we do um so yeah that was it and then we've obviously just started the done the process again with with uh, with Lucas um, over up in the north of the island. So he's sort of a few weeks in now. And, um, yeah, it's the same sort of thing, same sort of setup. Um, they just, you know, we sort of just guide and mentor, I suppose, and provide the programme, uh, the systems, platforms and stuff. They just deliver. Um, and, yeah, we just take a small percentage of turnover for that so it's a good deal both ways yeah and I suppose you said you've got everyone on on the same like on box mate right so you're, you're keeping people connected socially digitally but I guess with the size of the island as well you can all rock up so when the when Ramsey opened right you could all turn up there to kind of give give support and things like that yeah like yeah with the comp team we do tend to travel around the gyms um you know alternating weekends we'll, mm. we'll go train um yeah sort of like the different gyms and and stuff like that and you know it's good for people coming in to see what's possible um and it's you know it's always good for morale because they're a loud bunch and mm-hmm. you know a lot of energy and they have a good time with stuff so it's always good to see yeah um you know people coming in and sometimes they'll join in mm you know, with the guys and, um, yeah, it is, it's, it's good. We're, we're building something special and I want to keep that rolling. Awesome. You've mentioned a couple of times there, the kind of like competitive athletes, the comp team coming out, um, you know, for, for people listening, they might've come across CrossFit Isle of Man for, for the first time, potentially having seen you guys do well in the quarterfinals and then make it to, to semifinals and putting a good showing there as well. Um, was the kind of, you know, and, gonna kind of go go back a little bit here now in that the sport is developing right to get a team to that level takes commitment it takes effort over years not over weeks and you know maybe maybe in in the past it might have been like serendipity that meant that you had good level athletes all at the same box and thus they'd qualify for regionals in 2014 or and that's not to do a disservice to them but the sport has developed since then 
has there has, for, for you as a coach has there been like a, a conscious shift not shift in focus but additional focus on thinking i want competition to be significant and my focus is on building a competitive team certainly more recently yes because i genuinely genuinely believe we've got two individual games hopefuls the shocking thing about the team is like you said it takes you know a, a long time and consistent and stuff um for the team that we put through for the quarterfinals and then you know by complete accident we got through to the to the semi-finals like we didn't intend for any of that we didn't train for that um three of the four teams have only been doing crossfit for two years mm -hmm. and not one of them had touched a barbell before before that when we started seeing success sort of over the past few years um, with some of the, the team, it kind of hit home that this is way cooler. Like, these guys succeeding than, like, me competing. Like, I absolutely love, like, watching the smile on the faces when they hit PBs or the place, in, you know, in comps or, you know, the winning qualifiers, etc. So, for me, it was like, this is what I'm about now and I'm going to kind of put everything I can into this and, and, and these these guys. So um, sort of the past year, there's been, um, and for sure that, and, you know, there's been such a quick improvement in, in, in the guys and yeah, the commitment level has, that I get back off, you know, I put a lot in, into those guys and they know that. And I get the same back. Amy and another lad called Connor have, have actually just gone full time. So right, okay. the, these this is like the first month yeah, where they've just actually started coming full time uh, mm. to train. Um, well, you know, which is is great. Um, Amy's uh, a, a lot of people in the community know who Amy is. Um, you know, she was the first CrossFit athlete to get a Gymshark sponsorship. Oh, she's um, she's she's coming on leaps and bounds, and we're just taking our time with stuff because I think it's 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 very easy to rush things and get people good quickly, but then you never fucking hear. You know how if you've been around CrossFit for a long time, how many people have you seen come and go in, in the competitive community? There's been so many. They're the next big thing, and then three years later, you don't hear from them again, and you know. That's not what I want for these guys. Um, and they're well aware of, of that and well aware of the process. So, yeah, it was it was a case of we, we put together, you know, a team of athletes. And I, I truly, truly believe that it's more the environment and not necessarily the, the programme. Um, you, you know, you can take any athlete and... They can be on whatever, you know, JST, um, you know, athlete program, the box coaches program. But I think it's, you know, they're going to excel. It doesn't matter what they're doing. If they're, if they're genetically gifted for the sport, they're, they've got the lifestyle, you know, they've created the lifestyle for themselves to put the time in and they've got the work ethic. The chances are, you know, they're going to make it. If, if they can stick to all those three things and, and not get injured. So I genuinely believe the environment that you create that keeps them consistent and keeps things rolling, et cetera. 
this open was uh, a good open, um, sort of. It was a feel out. So we expected Connor and Amy to make quarterfinals, which they did. And then we expected Amy to potentially move on, but she just narrowly missed out on, on the semifinals as an individual. But as team, um, yeah, we, we got through. And then to the quarterfinals. So yeah, they did individual quarterfinals and they did team. We ended up, we didn't think we'd make semifinals as team, but then we ended up making it somehow. So yeah, we kind of scraped through by accident, but nobody on that team trained as a team for okay. the whole thing. It was basically rock up on the day. This is what we've got to do. And, <laughs> uh, you know, there was no practice. There was no preparation. It was, right, we thought we was going to do this as an individual. It's not worked out. You know, I fucked up on timing a little bit with, with peaking and uh, you guys have made some silly little mistakes, but... It is what it is. Oh, now we're a team. So, yeah, let's go. <laughs> it's just, yeah. yeah. Um, so, it was definitely an eye-opener. Um, we were missing Erin um, as well uh, this year. And, obviously, she's a, kind of a big, big part of the team. So, she'll be back next year. Oh, no, that's really exciting. And, and also to kind of hear that the, the passion you've kind of got for it and kind of throwing yourself in through it, even if it wasn't intended, an injury meant that it meant you'd got more time for it. But, you know, you spoke about setting up the apprenticeship for coaches initially and trainers and, and the HND. And uh, it's nice, maybe not surprising then to see like, oh, actually, there's there's something, you know, it's it's perhaps not, you know, government recognized. It's uh, the growth opportunities within the sport of CrossFit and and playing that kind of like, that, that coaching role that uh, is, is where it comes from. Um, I, I did notice like, you know, both Amy and, and Connor are both like 22. So they're, they're, they're relatively young athletes, especially within the sport of CrossFit, I think. Um, although they seem to be getting younger these days and, and, and definitely um, and, and still just oh, yeah. as strong. Is there an element, especially with something like cross CrossFit, which has got such a, a social media aspect of it and there's the bright lights and the kind of big lifts and things like that. Um, is there a case where you're having to offer that kind of keep them grounded and keep the balance right? Yeah, absolutely. Like they're well aware that there's a bigger picture here and we're not rushing or pushing anything. Like the first, the most, most important thing is we don't get injuries. We haven't and we hope to never get injuries. I think from myself, how it hit me on a personal level, I'm very, very sort of stringent on that never happening to anyone who I'm coaching. Um, so, yeah, it's um, that sort of the first and foremost. But um, Amy has a, a really, really good agent she works with, um, a, guy, a guy called James, and he's doing such a fantastic job with um, just sort of keeping her, like you said, grounded um, presenting opportunities but you know at the same time she's got to realize that you know this is a process and um we you know we're not going to get carried away with stuff yeah you know we'll, we'll just see they're only young like you said 22 but very they're very grounded and they're very switched on 22 year olds they train you know really well together we've got you know other members on the team who are very good at other elements of stuff those two aren't, um, which is good for them to push them on. You know, we've we've got 
some really fit guys and you know they're very new to crossfit you know two years like i've said but you get them on an erg and they're just absolute beasts because they're so fit you know when you get someone like connor who's uh you know four foot two and 75 kilos and it's like he's got to fucking work to keep up with these people and um you know, for, for Amy, it's going to be good having Aaron come back now into training and stuff because Aaron's, you know, lifting and barbell cycling's her jam. She's a strong girl and that's really going to push Amy on to, you know, sort of work at that. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be good to see what sort of what happens over the this next year. Uh, now, Dan, it's been great to talk to you. Um, really exciting to kind of see, kind of hear what you've, you have been doing what you're planning to do and look forward to seeing um the kind of competitive strength of of the isle of man kind of growing yeah uh, super excited um like i said i think this is going to be a big year i'm excited to see what happens the next sort of open um, and and yeah we'll see see what happens with that perfect right well watch this space thanks again dan cool thank you cheers